on, everybody? How y'all doing? Welcome to another Lions Den with Seth. Big Herm, what's popping, man? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good, man. What's going on with you? Man, you know, just had to change up a little bit with the attire. Right. You know what I'm saying? Let's I don't see. know everybody know. You know what I'm saying? Hold on. Let me make sure everybody can see. Look brand new. <laughs> it look brand new, but it ain't. You did, <laughs> but it ain't. But anyway, hey, man. Hey, man. Them boys looking good, man. You Y'all know what I mean? Know. What they've been able to accomplish out there. I, I think people downplay what sports really means to a community. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Like, when you think about what happened with uh, Hurricane Katrina and then when the Saints won the Super Bowl, Shortly after, you know yes. what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and uh, with Detroit, with Detroit, man, sometimes you just people just need something. And you're right, you're right, man. And, and you know what? It, it's it's so strange because when you're not from there or have close ties there, you don't know. You just see right. a team, but the team are playing for the city, and the city is rooting for the team. You get what I mean? So it's so mm-hmm. euphoric. But when you see that the you know as the season go on and certain teams are being eliminated or whatever you see how people are leaning in not just to you know quote unquote jump on the bandwagon but they're looking at the history and like wait a minute yo it's been like 30 something years people love a Cinderella Cinderella story man say what now people love a Cinderella story yeah like the underdog joints you yeah. did but uh but I'm telling you man it's hard being a Detroit fan. Man, bro, do you know how hard it is like to never have a Super Bowl and get so I'm, I'm a Titans fan. Yeah, no, but no, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we 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 almost won the Super Bowl by a couple yards. Oh yeah, what year was that? 99, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah, I do I do know what that feels like. So I'm saying, and then every time you get close to it and you smell it and then it don't happen, it's like okay. But other than that, everybody, we want to welcome y'all here to the Lions Den. So, yes, yes, absolutely. Let's feel that roar. Hey, look, if this is your first time in, make sure you go to StreamYard.com forward slash Facebook if you're watching on Facebook, right? So while you're giving your comments, everybody can see your beautiful face. What's going on, James? How you feeling? He says, hey, just like it's hard being a Cowboys fan. (laughs) Yo, and look, people be holding on. We've been holding on to that since what? Primetime was that? 90 what? 96? 91 sometimes. 91 or something. So, hey, I feel you. I feel you. But, um, but yeah, man, look, what we're going to be talking about today, y'all, very briefly, uh, I'm saying briefly, but it's really not because we're talking about a mindset change of being financially uh, sound and, mm-hmm. um, you know, how it can affect your, not just who you are, but also your household. In generations to come, and I'm sure there are individuals that's listening right now that have come from a background of poor financial management or just financial intelligence. And so, what we want to do here today, y'all, is really hone in on the importance of it getting smart yourself mm-hmm. so that you can see it. You get what I'm saying in your children and in your children's children. You feel me? What you think about that, Herm? I think that um, when we when we're talking about this, and a lot of people understand where they came from, yeah. and where they might be right now. Yeah. Understand, this ain't a knock on what people's done in the past, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, people do whatever they got to do just to survive to the next day. Correct. You know what I'm saying? But when you when you equip with the information, and you don't act on it, that's when you get. That's when it's time to start holding you accountable for. That's right. You know that's what I mean? Right. So. Once you know that there's a better way to do things and you choose not to do it because the other way is easier. That's a problem. Well, now, now, now we're looking at you. That's right. That's right. And not just that, not only are we looking at you, but your children are looking at you. So ladies and gentlemen, to help us with this conversation, this young man here, this brother, and he's a fellow brother of the den and not just that, a brother in arms. Uh, he was at uh, Scott Air Force Base with us as the career assistant. Uh, excuse me, the career advisor, and I mean, just all things, man. Oh, go ahead. How come you never tell them what I did and in in when I was at Scott? Man, shut up. Now, you my job it. was important. Damn, you know what I mean? God oh, damn. You know what I mean? Up, what? Listen, listen. Oh, yeah, man. God damn. You know, I'm so tired of you. Everybody, I ain't doing this. Everybody, look, hey, y'all give it up for Mr. Jeremy Wiley up in the building. All right? Man. Now, I was just wondering, you know, like, uh, well, Herm, tell us what you did. Yeah, well, go ahead. Was, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, 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 thank you very much. Oh, go ahead, Herm. So I, was, I was, I was, I mean, I was only, I was only on the command level IG staff as the resource management superintendent. 
you know what I'm saying, making sure all of AMC is ready to go to war. But hey, that's neither here nor there, man. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was glad that you got to tell us that, Herm. <laughs> look, hey, hey, look at the, hey, Herm. Like, hey, hey, I'm a man too. I was a man too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but look, no, seriously, no, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, make sure y'all hit the share button, right? Because we're going to be having some real good conversation on uh things that we can do today you get what i'm saying i think that's the most important thing uh sometimes when we're thinking about financial management we think about the long term and you know in the future but it takes a mind shift right now to get there you get what i'm saying so jeremy man for those of you that don't know you if you don't mind just introducing yourself man telling them a little bit about who you are your, your background and why this conversation is important yeah, I'm Jeremy Wiley. I was uh, born and raised here in Southern Illinois, uh, not in an affluent area. I was uh, kind of grew up hand to mouth and uh, divorced parents, uh, terrible financial management. So that's one of the things that's really important to me. But uh, the biggest thing for me is, is I'm a husband. I'm a father of three wonderful kids. I've got a very successful wife and uh, three very successful kids now. But what you said, Seth, was about the, you know, that mind shift change, you know, poor, I've heard before, you know, that's, that's a mindset. And there is a lot of truth to that. There is a lot of truth to, if you look at the way somebody that has means thinks and acts and does things, vice somebody that does not have the means, there's a total difference in the way that they think they act, they spend. Uh, and that was something that I had to break myself of, of thinking poor uh, instead of thinking like a man of means. That's right. Okay. That's right. And now, now, ladies and gentlemen, and Herm, I'm going to give you this. But before we go into this, I want you guys to listen to what he said. Understand you can have a an abundance mindset or you can have a desperation mindset. And if you do, that means you will never know that you're enough to get out of the certain situation that you're in that's what we're going to dive into go ahead big harm what you got man hey so you you talked about you talked about mindset like you said a poor mindset right are you still with us jeremy oh he got to unmute himself yeah hold on make sure you, hold on. can he hear me yeah uh-oh okay. we can hear you but we can't hear you man go okay. ahead okay uh, jeremy say it do another test. He's going to jump back in, but go ahead. Check it out. So what, what I want to get into, and I'm going to ask him when he gets in here, because he was talking about mindset. And you know I'm big on mindsets, right? You yeah. talk about poor mindset. I feel like you could have money and still have a poor mindset. Ooh, yes. like you, could, you could get paid six-figure salary, you know what I'm saying, but have a poor mindset. Can you hear us, bro? Now I can. Yeah, go okay. ahead. Can you say that? Back, so so, so that. I want to I talk about the mindset. You know what I'm saying? You're <laughs> yeah. talking about poor mindset, right? Uh, yes. I want I want to go a little bit into that because I don't believe poor mindset, just so nobody's confused, it really uh, determines how much money you have. That's right. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like you could have money and still have a poor mindset. Damn right. can, you, can you go a little bit uh, deeper into what you mean by poor mindset? So like for me anyway, now, of course, once again, uh, this is 100% uh, Jeremy Wiley, that and a dollar will get you a cup of coffee at the uh, local convenience store. So my poor, my poor mindset, what I mean is, is if you look at, for me as an example, I, I didn't have, so I always wanted, I always wanted a, a newer car or new clothes or uh, that next shiny thing. And my mindset was such as, let me just get to that. I wasn't worried about that long-term, that, that building of a foundation of understanding finances or happiness. The happiness factor to me, like you said, you know, you could have money and be miserable and be, have a poor mindset. Uh, but to me, I had to figure this out all on my own. I, I didn't have anybody that had any money per se in my entire family and everybody was miserable. Um, and then I met people that did have money. Uh, one of my friends growing up, uh, their family owned the McDonald's or two or three of them. So they had money, but there were times where they was just miserable. But I was like, how are you miserable with everything you got? 
so I think that there is a, a definite, you have to know who you are and what, what your end goal in life is. And you have to build that. You can't sit there and judge your mindset, your happiness, and your your financial goals off somebody else. And I think we always look to try to keep up with the Joneses or whoever, you know, insert last name. Uh, and I think that that is where that mindset shift has to has to come. We got to stop worrying about what everybody else got. That's uh, right. And worry about what is going to make you, you know, prosperous, uh, financially stable, uh, happy. Because there's a lot of people, and me included, I've been down these roads, man, where um, in my first marriage, I had the 5,500 square foot mansion uh, over in Maryland, you know, brand new cars. Man, we was house rich and money poor uh, and miserable. So um, whenever you gain that perspective, uh, whenever things, you know, take you down a notch in life or you fall and you have to build yourself back up, I, I think you start to make that totem pole of life more clear. That's and, right. and that's that's where your your mindset has to shift. Does that answer your question, Herb? Yeah. 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 Hey, so look, I, I love that, man. And, and thank you for that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, look, we're talking about the generational finances and how your mindset has to be of such to get there okay and and just what he was just describing was it's not a rich a poor person it's what does that mean to you all right and so i would like to say too it's based off of you know your results how do you feel right it's not if you think about it money is just a piece of paper it's tangible right it's a tangible thing however what are you doing with that money what is that money able to do what is it affording you and your family you get what I'm saying to do and to be. So, Jeremy, I would like to um, talk to you about this. <clears throat> when we were having our discussion on Friday, we talked about the uh, re-engineering, looking back at the misfire. And ladies and gentlemen, when we're talking about misfiring, it's in when we're in the military or when we were in the military, you had to get marksmen or whatever, just to weapons qualifications. And when you wasn't close enough to your target right to get qualified there was something that whoever your professional whoever the professional um uh, combat arms manager or trainer is will come and make sure something whatever it was that was going on with your weapon it kind of goes back and get it back into the place as far as a recalibration right so jeremy what i would like to ask you when was it in your life when you said you know what i'm tripping let me get back to where I need to be so that, you know, not only am I okay, but most importantly, my family. So uh, on, on the personal side of this, and uh, so anybody that knew me prior to this, uh, being a Scott, uh, knew my ex-wife, of course, I, I still get along with her. I, I don't sit there and have any ill will towards her. Um, whenever we got divorced, uh, I had lost uh, a half a million dollar home. Uh, we were so far in credit card debt that some of it I knew, some of it I didn't know, um, that I couldn't see straight. And then I got remarried uh, to my wonderful, beautiful wife, Janet. And she and I were raising three kids. And we were paycheck to paycheck was a stretch. Um, you know, too bad they didn't have the old school days where you could float a check because they knew how much was in your account now. Uh, but man, it was, I knew that I couldn't live like that. And I've watched my family live hand to mouth my entire life. And I just knew that a, I didn't want to be there. And then I allowed myself to get there through bad ways of thinking, bad practices, bad everything, because I, I was only mimicking what I knew. And, uh, then I read a book. Uh, I don't know if you guys have all heard of Dave Ramsey or not. Um, but financial peace university there. And, you know, I, I really had to buckle down with that. And I wanted more for myself and for my kids. I didn't want my kids to sit there and repeat the same problems that my father or his father or whoever had already done. Like, I, I'm not trying to sit there and have generational poverty. I, I don't want that. I want my kids to to thrive. I want my kids to see a different way of doing it. And that was my driving factor was... I want, I didn't want my kids to do the same thing I did. Uh, you know, once you realize and take accountability for your actions, 
then you can make a change. And, and that was a very sombering feeling to sit back and say, man, I screwed this up. Nobody forced me to do the bad financial decisions that I did. Nobody forced me to constantly trade cars in every two years and roll negative equity over. Nobody forced me to do, you know, uh, pay the minimum on my credit card bill or put vacations on a credit card. Nobody forced me to do that, but I was trying to be something I wasn't. I didn't have the means to do. Mm, see, go ahead. You, you got to unmute yourself. I see you looking at your, your, your beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. What you saying? Ooh, yeah, yeah, man. The rolling over cars, you know what I'm saying? Keep rolling over negative equity. Whoa, boy. Mm. Mm. Uh, I did that. And, you know, you said something earlier, Herm, that really kind of stuck out. Um, I want anybody listening to this to understand nobody's beating you up for doing everything. Because every something we're going to say tonight is going to hit home and it's going to hurt a little bit. Um. We're not beating you up. Some people just don't know, that's and right. some people choose to ignore it. Um, if you choose to ignore it, it's a different conversation. Um, but if you don't know, you know, I can't blame you for it. Right. But I know for uh, for me, man, I went through probably, and I'm probably shorting this a little. I went through like 15 cars in like five years because it was always Rob Peter to pay Paul. You know, hey, I can let me get out of this payment, you know, because I can there won't be a payment for a month. Oh, well, that'll help me catch up on this. Uh, let me get into this something that's going to, quote unquote, save gas. Well, that doesn't always work either. So I was always just on the fringe of losing it anyways. And it took me losing everything to really step back so and, and, and do it from the beginning. See. Okay, so so speaking of that, you know what I'm saying? So you was at the bottom. Yep. You thought about, yes. you know what I'm saying, your, your marriage, you know what I'm saying? You, you started reminiscing about your family living hand to mouth. And when you decided enough was enough, what was your first steps in the, uh, starting to recover financially? Good one. Well, for, for me, it was, uh, you know, we can sit here and talk and you hear people all the time, okay, well, you know, I only have this much debt. Uh, I only have X, Y, and Z, right? Until you put pen to paper and put that on a spreadsheet. Um, when I put the paper to a spreadsheet and I went through my bank accounts and I went through my payments and I saw that, all right, you know, I have this debt. It cost me this much a month and this is what I make per month and there was a red number at the bottom i'm like well how am i making it well it's because i'm always robbing peter to pay paul and i realized that i had to give up some of those um once um, i had to really step back and say do i truly need uh cable and every uh, streaming subscription and every everything else or hey Maybe if I got rid of some of this uh, comfort items, I, I could do better. And it took sitting down and putting ourselves on a budget. Um, the Dave Ramsey, can can you guys see me and see me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, the Dave Ramsey theory on this. Uh, I love Dave. He gets a little crazy uh, talking about there should be zero dollars in your bank account. I can't get down with that. Um, but, uh, he wants every, his theory is every dollar has a name and that is very true because if it doesn't have a name and it's not attached to something, you're going to frivolous, frivolous, frivolously spend it. So if it's, you know, for, um, us, we had to go through and make budget out and say, all right, um, we need, or I'm going to each get my wife and I would each get a hundred dollars a month for fun money uh we would put x dollars into uh eating out you know things like entertainment now for that you go over to the atm and you pull that cash out and you put it in an envelope and man when that envelope gets empty which it gets empty quick uh you realize just how much you spend on things you don't need 
and it because it's a physical thing and so anybody that is having problems with that i highly recommend that you go to that envelope method and you put your hundred dollars a month for because coffee if you're into starbucks at six dollars a pop seven dollars a pop put a hundred dollar bill in there so tell me how long it lasts you know if you like eating out if that's something um that is high on your list all right put your cash in there and then once the cash is gone stop eating out and see how much money you have left over in oh. your account after at the end of the month they got you well, yeah, look Boy. at it. He, he struck a nerve. Oh, wow, that's one meal. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. And so, but look, ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad that y'all are still in and tuning in. And shout out to everybody uh, that's watching right now. We're talking about generational finances and what Jeremy is talking about and what he's so beautifully um, uh, articulated was make it make sense so you can see it, right? Sometimes we will just swipe because we know that it's money there, but we're not cognizant of how fast it's actually depleting. And then when it's time to take care of business, you're like, wait a minute, I thought I had, oh, did you? Did you really? So what he was talking about was removing that money out, put it in a envelope where you can see it, okay? This is the beginning of the month. I have X amount of dollars for, you know, let's say entertainment or food. <clears throat> and so watch it. Just use that. Don't swipe your card, right? So that's a good tactic. So, all right. So, Jeremy, what we're talking about now, man, and yes, 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 the snowball. Yes, that does work, right? Ladies yes. and gentlemen, if you guys don't know about that, I employ you to go and do your research, okay? Make it make sense for yourself because this is just an overview, right? This is the time for you to take accountability to say, hey, I'm not where I want to be. However, for 2024, I'm going to make the appropriate changes. Right. And doing that. All right. Now. So, Jeremy, you said something that I want to um, bring back around. You got your you know, you communicated with your wife, current wife and said, OK, cool. This is what we need to do. What would you uh, say to our listeners as far as getting your teammates, if you will, your significant other on the same page? You get what I mean? As far as being a part of the overall plan, what would you suggest? So it's funny. So Janet will tell you that she absolutely hated me for this. <laughs> um, this was not something that went over well uh, to did. begin with. Uh, but uh, speaking of that teammate, this budget thing that we're talking about is like the end of one process, beginning of the next. Mm. That first, that I mean, first process that first process is not so much about okay yeah i have dollars and cents and i can put this on a spreadsheet okay that's cool yes but that's the beginning of the second part of this process man that first process is a having a sit down with your your spouse significant other and have coming up with a plan like what is your goal in life because a goal without a plan is a dream man uh and and i i, I don't subscribe mm -hmm. to wishing Mm -hmm. And so you have to sit down and understand that there's going to be sacrifices made to get to where you want to be. Right. And now this, these are communications and I mean, we're getting way deeper than financial side of this, but this also plays into talking to your children about this. So you, you practice and you learn these things with your spouse or significant other and you you lay out the the groundwork of all right you know in five years where do i want to be where do we want to be what do you want to do and come up with a collective plan because it's going to take both of you one person just can't do it uh or you you might as well just go ahead and just get a divorce while you at it because it's going <laughs> to cause problems <laughs> uh you might want to yeah. budget in for that divorce um but you got to sit back and have these conversations and understand that one more than likely at least in our situation um we were both not great with money uh but she also had to come into the realization that she had like you said you know just just swipe mm -hmm. you know she she didn't want to pay that much attention so she her and i discussed and that, that was going to be me uh that took care of all those those issues 
but we also agreed that, hey, look, I will always have this on the spreadsheet. You can always see at any point in time that what you want, uh, you can start to physically see the goals. Um, I saw one of the listeners and you had mentioned Snowball. Man, once you start paying that one thing off, then you you don't get that. Let's say that you paid it off and it was $200 a month. You doesn't mean you have $200 more a month because you still got debt. That's right. So you roll that 200 into the next one. And right. you can argue back and forth about do you pay off the highest amount or the highest uh, interest rate? I mean, honestly, that, that's going to come down to whatever your choice is. Uh, and anybody that doesn't know about this, Seth already said, please go out and Google some of these things that we're talking about, about a budget, a envelope method, a snowball effect, you know, things like that. Um, but you those conversations to get even to the budget part are hard and trust and believe there's going to be an argument. There's going to be some cold nights um, when you guys are talking about this, because a to be able to sit down and write down all your debt and all your spending, you feel a certain type of way about this. Ooh, because, man. Look, listen. hey, look, <laughs> what it does is, you're talking about trust, okay? Mm. Transparency It's like, hey, I got this little sleeping debt over here that's just, that's just accruing all types of interest. Look, we need to look at that too. You get uh, what I mean? If we want to be wherever we want to be, we got to look at everything. What you say, Herm? I think another thing that hits you hits you real hard is when you see the stupid stuff you've been spending your money on. Bro. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you look, like, because again, when you just swiping, when you just swipe and swipe and swipe, you're not really thinking about, you know what I'm saying, what you spend it on. But when you look at a statement or when you look at something that says, this bulk of your money went to fast food and to crap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This bulk of your money went there. It's like, damn! I really, I really am that undisciplined to where I did like that. Food ain't even good, right? Mm -mm. <laughs> right. So, I don't know, know how many chicken McNuggets you got underneath your car seat right now, right. but uh, and, and, you know, and that's the thing though, too, right? And I like what you said that, Herm, because when you do take a a stab at actually looking at, like, say for example, USAA, it will let you know within the last month how much money you spent on which items, right? And then so when you think about it or you see the food, you're like, wait a minute, that was whack. It was cold. And, you know, I just did that on a whim. But what it helps for me to do is to let me know how much I'm not thinking about what I'm doing. Like, yeah. it's not until I see that number, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you're about to pick up what I'm putting down. It's not until you see the number until you start thinking, wait a minute, that was stupid. I really don't even remember doing it, but the numbers don't lie. So there was a time when you just aimlessly did some frivolous things. And now that was maybe $50 outside of your budget. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so uh, there. Go ahead. Go ahead. But, but Jeremy, you know what I'm saying? Because we we about the halfway mark, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I want I want to slide. You talked about your you talked about your your three successful children, right? And I know y'all had a conversation about setting your child up for like financial freedom, getting them on some financial game early. Yes. Can yes. we get into that part? Like what? Yeah. Like when we talk about setting your kid up for financial success, um, what does that look like? So once again, I think this all starts with you first. All right. You got to get your yourself squared away. And you can't just talk about this shit. Yeah, I mean, your kids are going to see this and the way that you live. So if every time they ask for McDonald's, you're saying, yeah, sure, let's just slide through there and grab grab dinner. That's setting them up for that same mindset, right? So whenever you're going through and you're making yourself disciplined and you're having those accountability talks with your spouse, with your with their mother or father, whoever it may be, and don't hide that, you know, you don't have to go into exact dollars and cents, but do not hide the fact that you are being financially open with and accountable to your spouse or to your partner. Right. Um, one of the things, a couple of things that I've done uh, with my kids, and once again, this is just the way that Wiley works, uh, not uh, any there. There's not going to be any said method that's going to always work. Um, we started. So my older two, let me just kind of 
gloss over some of this. So my oldest uh, daughter is 21. My son will be 20 next month. So he's 19 right now. And my youngest just turned 16 in December. All right. My oldest daughter is uh, a full-time college student. She has uh, a, a GS internship with uh, the Department of Justice, but she bought her first house at 19 years old. Um, my son uh, graduated high school, went straight to work for Del Monte, the food processing uh, people like your green beans. And in fact, he's the one that picks green beans and fixes the, uh, he's a mechanic for them. He closes on his house, his first house on the 2nd of February. So he will buy his first house at 19 as well. And then my youngest girl, of course, she uh, just started work and she uh, has one job. She's already trying to get a second. So all three of my my kids have a, a very good work ethic. Uh, they still kids. Don't, I'm, they're great, but you know how kids can be sometimes. Um, but we make them do the whole envelope thing and a budget from the time they were 16 and got their first job, period, point blank. We're not discuss discussing this. You have a budget. So you got to start them early. Um, we we have the envelopes for because tires on your car is not an emergency. You know, them damn things is going to go out and they're wearing every day. So we budget a portion of their paycheck for maintenance for the car for fuel for all that so every dollar has a name um we also uh, started each one of them uh, i'm a huge american express guy i know some people do not uh, like them but uh i love american express um we started each one of them a high yield savings account and they had to transfer transfer a percentage of their checks to that high yield savings account the other thing that we did was the minute they started at 16 years old um with their first paying job they started a uh, 401k and they had to put 50 dollars a month period point blank we're not discussing it that you're paying yourself first and if i know that that that's a, a term that some people don't like but uh the, if you learn early on to pay yourself first it doesn't sound so crazy because you're not in debt. Um, so we made them start that. Um, the other thing as they got older and as they were investing, uh, when they turned 18 years old, uh, we, through the uh, Keesler Federal Credit Union is who we have as a, a credit union. We started on their 18th birthday, we started a secure loan. So it's uh, like a $500 loan. So it costs like 560 bucks, but it's an automatic payment. So they never have to do anything other than sign the loan document. The money has to be into the account. They pull from the money they already have, but it's a like a two-year payment plan. And so it builds a credit history. So for their 18th birthday, we put $500 into the account or 560, whatever the total cost was. And then they, of course, signed the loan documents so that we could build their their credit history. Now, whenever this next part, there's going to be people that say that they don't like this, and I can understand that. But when it when we started this, we said, "Listen, you got to have yourself right before you can build your kids." Right. Mm -hmm. This next part is the dangerous part. All right. So, like for us, we. I am very blessed now. We do not carry any credit card debt. Uh, I have zero credit card debt. Now, it took me almost 10 years to get out from underneath that that cloud. But I we don't carry any credit card debt. We put everything on a credit card because I get the points and I get the everything else, but we use it like a debit card. Uh, that's the other thing that our kids got taught as well was, yes, you can use other people's money, credit card, but unless you have the money, that that card doesn't get used. And so uh, teaching them how to to run that credit game in their behalf, right? You don't want to, to give them money because you never pay interest on something you pay off every month. So there is no interest on this. Right. But at 13, we added each of our children to our credit card as an authorized user. So what this is doing is building their credit portfolio, right? So at 13, we started them as an authorized user. They didn't know they had the card, but we also made sure it was paid off every month. So you don't want to hurt their credit. But for us, we were in a position 
that we could add them. It's paid off every month and it helps build their credit. Gotcha. Um, then with the investments that they were doing with that secure loan, it's giving them a different type of credit, you know, so it's a secure credit vice a, um, a credit card type credit. <clears throat> they pay for everything in cash as much as possible. Um, both of the older two, by the time that they were 19 and got their first house, both of them had over a 700 credit score whenever they bought their first house. So they were um, doing amazing, but we also don't, we have those conversations with the kids. Financial okay. literacy is something that I think it, we can teach you all the calculus in the world, which I'm not knocking calculus, but we can teach you calculus. We can teach you, you know, physics. We can do all this, but why don't we teach kids how to run credit in their behalf instead of right. sitting there and worried about, oh, well, you got to worry about this interest rate. I don't care what the interest rate is. If you're paying it off every month, what is what does it matter? You know, if you're getting the benefits from that card, oh, well, it's a 19% interest rate. Well, if I'm paying it off every month, it's a zero. You got to worry about it, yeah. Rate. So, so, and in compound interest, we go over that things. You know, we talk about this. This is a this is dinner time conversation. So, Jeremy, real quick, man, because uh, I do believe that you're supposed to tell kids what to do, right? Because uh, you remember you were saying something about we tell them we, we're doing this no discussion. But I know that you probably follow up with them so they understand why it's happening so that when, you know what I'm saying, they no longer have to listen to, to mom and dad, they adopt it for themselves. How's that going for them? So my oldest two got their own credit cards on their own, right? That Daddy's not involved in that one. And all the lessons that we have taught have sat there and transferred neither one of them they they put their recurring bills on that and they get the cash back because they both got a cash and that was the other thing like we sat down and i didn't tell them what credit card to get they asked and i said no i'm not telling you which one to get tell me what you want out of this card do you want to travel do you want cash back do you want airline miles what do you want and they each sat down they ended up actually picking the same card and I didn't tell either one which one the other one got. But they said, well, listen, we're not in a financial position to be traveling all the time. Yes, we want to. But of course, that's not a that's not a need. That's a want. So they some of the words that we've been speaking are coming out of their own mouth. Right. There you go. Uh, but we but we started this when they were, you know, eight, nine, ten. And they they went through the journey with us on the than not having that. I showed them the spreadsheet. I showed, I was very transparent with why we are trying to do what we're doing. Now let's go back from the fact that when we first got here, <clears throat> I will never forget sitting in the garage and uh, it was a Sunday afternoon watching football and it got cold in the house. And I'm like, man, what in the hell? And I thought, man, did the heater die? No, I went outside, we're on propane. Our propane tank was out on a Sunday evening and I had a credit card left one that had a $500 uh, max on it. And I had to call and max that credit card out to have heat in the house. And that was about the same time that I had made that same decision that we were talking about earlier about hitting bottom and figuring out, well, we can't live like this. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, you are failing your family because you cannot financially prepare yourself for an emergency. Um, hold on, hold on, uh, Jeremy. Uh oh, can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah, right. I'm here. so I'm sorry. Let me let me pause you right there, man, because that's what I was looking at. That's what I was looking for. And so, as you're talking about this, and we have our listeners, <clears throat> our listeners chiming in and whatnot, are you waiting for that bottom, right? To be reactionary or can you take the things that you've learned and the things that we're telling you right now to be, uh, you know, so this can be prevention maintenance. You get what I mean? Something yes. that you can prevent from actually happening. And another thing I want to give you kudos on is having that transparent conversation with your children, even when they don't really understand it all. I think it's important to have the constant conversation then it becomes a battle rhythm in their head and then you will start to hear them repeat and echo certain things you're like wait oh 
you did hear me. You get what I mean? So I think that's super dope, man. Super, super and, dope. So I just want to say kudos to you for that. Thank you, man. And walking them through the older two through the home buying process. Like, what are you, what problems in a home are you willing to accept vice? What ones are you going to walk away from? And having them be the one to pick the house and okay, great. Now we pick the house. Here's the home inspection. What do we have fixed? What do we not? What kind of credits do we want on the closing? Um, you know, those type of, of conversations. One of the things that my wife and I have always said was we're not raising kids. We're raising a young man and a young woman. And if you're not having these conversations, you're like, oh, well, they won't understand. Well, they'll never understand if you don't start having the conversation and having them now go and my my youngest daughter just turning 16 got so pissed off at 14 when she had been saving her money she's like daddy i want to start my my investment so i go up there and i'm like hey kate we can't because you don't have a job yet she goes okay cool well when i get my first paycheck we're going up there and so actually next week we need to go over to the investment broker take her money over there and then she'll have her $50 a month put into her retirement account and something that you said also Herm about the other kids how's it going so whenever you sit down with an investment individual they're going to break it out for you and show you an amateurized thing where if they took it for the last 30 years so stuff that we already know has happened if they put that money in and continue to put that money in through today so they'll go back however far it will show you what you would have today if you would have started this back whenever and when they see the fact that at, even at 50 dollars a month if you start that at 18 years old you will be a multi-millionaire by the time you're 50. that really pushes them to understand the importance of that and if you start them out early of saying hey look fifty dollars a month is going into this no matter what they they see the end goal and mm -hmm. that that does drive them and you know that was always something also that you know us three have a benefit that there's a lot of people that don't have that benefit of a, a true retirement where no matter what if i quit my job tomorrow i still got money coming in I, I am truly retired by the time I was 38 years old. My kids aren't going to have that because they're not in the military and, and retirements are thing of the, of the past anyways, for the most part. I want retirement to be a reality, not a dream for them. I want them to be at 55 years old to be able to say, you know what, you know, or 60, whatever they can quit at. I want them to be young enough to enjoy life instead of working for 50 years, having four years to enjoy it before I die. No, I don't want that. And I want my grandkids to understand that. So if I can start that with my kids and show them the benefit of doing the hard work up front, then that will transfer to their children. Mm -hmm. What you got for that, Herm? Man, I'm about to take my kid to the bank. Look, <laughs> yo, hey, I was like, yo, what time is <laughs> Man, listen, look, man, look, real talk. When I was talking to Jeremy, man, about this, and um, he asked me how old my daughter was. I'm like, yeah, she's 12. He was like, look, when she's 13, man, do this, 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 and this, because then this. And I'm like, wait a minute, really? So it's more, to me, it's more than just financial uh, education. You get what I'm saying? Ladies and gentlemen, what we're creating and we want you to think about is separating, right? Well, first you have to understand understand what you don't know, right? Remove that pride, understand what you don't know, but then set yourself up so that you are creating financial independence. Mm -hmm. Get your kids off your tits, if that makes yes. sense. But so you can't do that if you're not giving them the tools to do that. So that means you're going to have to learn some things on your own. Uh-oh, you need to know what those what these words and terminologies mean so they can know that they can believe in you and you and you're an example for right. them. Like like uh like um Jeremy was saying, take them to the bank with you. Make have a professional 
tell both of y'all, hey, if you started putting 25 cents in back in the 80s, do you know where you could be at, right? You get what I mean? So as your mind blow, then your kids' minds will say, yo, that's crazy. Versus me thinking, oh, man, 50, man. If you had told me, Herm, check this out. If you had told me when I was 16 that I can be a millionaire by the age of 50, I'll say, so what? I want to be a millionaire tomorrow. Think about it. Yes. So if I don't have an individual there that's pouring knowledge in me to explain to me the power of time, Mm -hmm. the power of time, it's not about things. It's about time and how you use your time. If I had that, then I would have been able to make sound decisions earlier on versus now, shit, 50 is less than 10 years. You dig? So what you think about that, Herm? I think that a lot of times people don't know it or they think they're going to accidentally become successful. You know what I'm saying? Just fall into some kind of success. Success is going to come straight for them. You know what I mean? Like it, with anything, it takes a plan and it takes work. Financial, financial fitness, physical fitness, mental fitness, everything. You know what I'm saying? It takes some kind of plan. Yes. You know what I mean? And if you don't stick to the plan, you're not going to get the results that you're looking for. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's a lot, a lot of things, a lot of what uh, Jeremy has been saying. Like if you, if you listen to what he's saying, like going from struggling and understanding where he was at, maxing out his last $500. And then he's like, you know what? Like he said, if you don't put that pen to paper, you're never going to really know what you have. And a lot of people are scared to put that pen to paper. Because a lot of people don't want to see that red because now it became real to them. Right. Oh, and it, you know it becomes reality. Damn it's right. no longer just just a thought. And you you can sit there and lie to yourself all day long. It's the easiest person to lie to is yourself. And then you sit back and put that on pen to paper. Oh, man, it, it hurts because you're like, man, I am such a damn idiot that I've got myself into this position. And, uh, you know, something that, that I really preach to my kids is, you know, the whenever they turned 16, I did not give them a car. You know, we, we could help them a little, but they were paying for their own car. They were paying a hundred dollars a month for insurance. Now that hundred dollars a month was going into an account they didn't know about, but from it, from the jump, when you get a job, you got bills, you got a life that you have to pay for. And to me, it just made sense for, if you, you can't pay your hundred dollars a month, you can't drive. That's just as simple as that. I don't give two dams. What do you have to think? So it it's a lot of the little things that we were doing uh, that I think did help. Now, some people will say that that was cruel and we could afford to. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But I'm also I'm not going to have my children live in my basement for the rest of my damn life. No, I'm running no, ar- no. Not, no, I'm running around naked in my house. So don't come to the house without calling, uh, you know, but it's one of those things that they it's very hard for us to be upset that both of our older two have moved out and, and done so well for themselves. It's hard to be upset. Like I'm going up to help my son close here in a few weeks. I was with my daughter when we walked through that whole process and closed. And now she rents out one of her rooms for damn near the mortgage amount. So, you know, she's, she's putting that investment and making that equity grow in her. So that way, when she goes to sell the house, she gets that equity instead of paying somebody's rent. So, you know, we but it's those types of conversations. Now, one thing I will caution anybody that's going to do this with their kids. It is going to become a time whenever they're having conversations with their peer group that they will catch a lot of hell um, and a lot of pushback from their peers because they don't understand what your kids are talking about. So you need to have that conversation with them, too, because they have a hard time relating with some of their other peers. Um, They will catch hell and say, oh, look, it must be mommy and daddy's money. You bought a house. No, sweetheart, that was her money. But you are setting them up for success. And understand, having your kids understand that success comes with some uh, pushback because of other people don't want to do the work. Sorry, I just needed to throw that in there. Oh, man. No, 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 no. Don't apologize uh, for that. So here, Big James, he says most parents feel guilty about having kids leave home because they didn't prepare them uh, for life. 
in the first place. I do agree. I do agree. And James. Yes. Right. Yes. And then we also have um, when he got to the point of maxing out his credit cards uh, for the propane tank, uh, was it a result of not budgeting or just needing to bring more money in? That's the question for you, Jeremy. Yeah. So um, I was active duty at the time. Uh, my wife has MS. So at the time she was not she had not got her degree. She had not done anything yet. She was in the middle of a relapse. So she could not bring any money, any more money in. Um, three young kids. And it was piss poor planning on my part for not going out and looking at the tank uh, because I was not on a automatic fill on my tank yet. Uh, so I didn't even think about it, to be honest with you. Um, budgeting, I had not hit that budget part yet. Uh, everything else had fallen apart and that propane tank was the final when it ran empty so did my patience and tolerance for my own bullshit See. so that that was kind of the beginning of all the conversations of all the budgeting of all the reading all the research that I had to do um, because nobody was there to bail me out nobody had just a couple hundred thousand dollars to give Jeremy because of his bad decisions <sighs> and also that's well that and it's the funny that you said it was it a result do i need to bring more money in that is where wiley woodworks um came from was the fact that i had to get more money so my started my business because of a necessity of money but yes so so look here's a question here i'm gonna read it to uh for everyone and so i want us all to think about it and answer it right so how do you lead and teach without overwhelming, oversharing, and overprotecting? Do you know how crazy that question is? Because of Jeremy and, and Herm, we've talked about this all the time. I believe in real men, right? I'm gonna be honest, right? Hey, be mad at your mama. Real men has a have the innate desire to provide and protect, period. And it takes a certain mindset to balance the two or to incorporate some harmony and not to you know communicate in such a brash way like you need to do this damn it shut up do what i say do because i'm your daddy right mm -hmm. so you don't want to scare them into either a doing what you want them to do or b just not doing it anyway so i think it's a balance though but let's ask you herms what you think man how do you lead boy some, sometimes it's hard man and with daughters, oh yeah, my god, because I was Dude. just talking to my daughter today about what she wants because she's a junior, you know what I mean. I'm, I was talking to her about what she's thinking about college, you know what I mean, and things like that. And she's like, I really don't want to think about it. I like, well, you gotta think about it, you know what I mean. It's coming, you know what I'm saying. She's I was like, it's coming whether you like it or not, it's coming, you know what I mean. So, what we got to start planning for these things. But she gets overwhelmed real fast, you know what I'm saying? So I got I to gotta throttle back and start, you know what I'm saying, talking to her in her language, you know what I mean? Because I, I would get to instant like, what the hell you mean we ain't, you know what I'm saying, right. and, and, and start going off the deep end. Right. And she definitely ain't getting it then, you know what right. I mean? It's mm -hmm. definitely shut off then because after a while, man, you got to understand that, okay, you can, you can do all that rah-rah, you can do that, but they're going to make their own decision anyway and then if mm -hmm. i'm doing that they're not going to listen to me you know what i mean it took me a while to understand that it's like okay let me throttle back you know don't put full gas on it but give her the information so she understands why i'm saying this yeah and then it's got to be a constant thing like hey you know you know where we at with it I like that. And look, real quick, uh, Jeremy, let me tap in very quickly. Um, I believe another thing, too, I believe we need to be able to ask our children, how do they hear us? So Meaning, that that's something see, I was just getting ready to yeah, say. So because, all, all, all three of mine are different, man. So yeah. my oldest daughter, my son is in the middle and then my youngest daughter. And it's just like with discipline or with anything else, you know, a, a smack upside the head ain't going to fix two of the three. No, That's my right. son, sometimes, you know, uh, sometimes that disappointed father thing is going to work with one, but not the other. You know, just the, the you got to take what you have to give. And yes. I think the question was about over sharing, over protecting all that. Mm -hmm. You have to check your ego at the side, you know. So some of the over protecting, I think, 
you have to determine what what are you protecting? Are you really protecting them by not sharing your failures about things? Now, you don't have to give specifics, but man, listen, I failed miserably at finances for the first 30 years of my life. And I want them to know the struggles that came with that. So that way they don't have to worry about it. I want them to know like, okay, oversharing, you got to pick and choose what parts you're sharing. Because if I shared this entire financial talk with my kids, they're losing, they are going to lose focus real quick. Now I need to focus on the things that are there. So like when they were 16, Hey, you got bills to pay. Let's budget about this. So that's one piece. You're building a puzzle with these children throughout from the beginning to the end. And if you can start when they're younger, that puzzle builds way more complete than if I got to start sitting there and adding a whole bunch of pieces at 18 because, oh, they was too young before. The hell they were. That's right. That's right. Hey, well, listen, check this out, y'all. Since we're getting towards the end of this, um, uh, towards the end of the show, Jeremy, I want to give you one minute, man. Let everybody know one tip of advice based off of what we're talking about, man. I give you that mic. What you got? All right, guys, listen, start early. Uh, Don't wait until they're 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 25 years old to be having these conversations. Start early. I mean, it can be as early as 10 years old. When they get something, you know, uh, a a small amount of money, half of that can go into a savings account. Start that early. And the faster that you can start this, the more it will stick. And uh, man, listen, you're not going to screw this up. I promise you just continue to teach them good habits. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Big Kern, final word, homie. Hey, but first address Mr. Charles Ball. Yeah. We say, man, let me tell you something. He ain't really mess your child up because of that. You know what I mean? Because you still got time to, you know, hold your child accountable to that first house. That's right. You know, because uh, I do know, you know, for me, uh, I had to pay for my first car. And I know a lot of people that didn't, you know what I'm saying, their, their vehicles was bought for them. Mm-hmm. Those folks had a harder time adjusting because they felt like things should be just given to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I understood that I would had I had to go out and work to get my stuff. Right. You know, um, when we talk about getting your, your children set up early and things like that, it might be overwhelming for you because you yourself, like Wiley said, you got to make sure yourself is good first. It's just like when you're on the airplane, when they tell you when the uh, the little air mask come down, make sure you secure yours first before you try to help your kid. Because you can't help your kid if you're, if you're dying. You know what I mean? You won't be able to get a, a secure seal on your kid's mask if you're not breathing right and you're panicking. So first and foremost, make sure you understand all you need to do, like what Wiley said, he, he broke it down to the to the uh, brake pads. He went, put it down on paper, start being very transparent with his family. So in a sense, you know, I won't speak for him, but it sounded like as he was learning, so was his family. You know what I mean? So when we start talking about this and you know that you're in a financial struggle, you know, don't get so overwhelmed that you just drop everything, right, and say to hell with it. It's going to come or it's not. Just stop for a second and figure out what your first steps are going to be and start putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah, no, most definitely. Most definitely. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, y'all, well, look, I want to thank y'all for being on it. Thank you again, Jeremy, man, for dropping this, man. I appreciate it, man. Short notice, but um, uh, we realized that it was so important to talk about, especially in the beginning of the year, right? And this is like when people want to do things different. So let's make sure we yeah. do that. So ladies and gentlemen, if there was anything that you, um, if this made sense to you, please let us know. Make sure that you hit us up, right? And say that, hey, uh, we appreciate y'all. And last thing I would say is be a disruptor, okay? If you know that you've come from a certain place and you thought a certain way and you want to change that, do that. And going back to the last point, Make sure you know how to communicate with your children. Fun fact, my daughter said I sound like the daddy off of, um, what is it, um, Boys in the Hood. If y'all haven't seen it, y'all think about it. Y'all go watch it, okay? So I had to realize it. She said, Daddy, you talk like a dictionary. That's crazy. I said, shut up. But she was right. <laughs> so that means that I make sure you know how to communicate with your children and know how they hear you. All right. And so if you can hear us, make sure you hear us again on next week right here at the Lion's Den. Right on. Right on. We see you all later.